Good morning, Skillman. How are we doing this morning? I'll move this mic. It's always a blessing and a privilege to stand before you uh, here at the Skillman Church of Christ. And uh, from what I, I can feel in the air, Christmas is coming, right? That goose is getting real fat. Uh, it's a Christmas season, and I wanted to invite you all next Sunday night, oh, Sunday at 5 p.m., to our Christmas Eve service. We're going to have a candlelight service, lots of singing, uh, lots of time for joy. Uh, we're not going to have a service in the morning, but we're going to focus all our attention on that 5 o'clock service that afternoon. And so I wanted to invite you all to come uh, to this very place, 5 o'clock on Sunday, on the 24th, to celebrate uh, the Christmas spirit with us. And this morning, because there really won't be a sermon on the 24th, I thought I would uh, kind of talk about Christmas today and what it means as Christians, uh, the coming of Jesus to this, to this world. And the text that I've chosen to speak on this morning is in the book of John. The Gospel of John. And if you have your Bibles today, I would encourage you to turn uh, to John, the very first chapter. John chapter 1. And let's go there. It says in John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning... Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And here in the book of John, the, the writer of this incredible book of John goes back to the very beginning of time. In fact, the first three words in the Gospel of John are the same as the first three words in the entire Bible. In the beginning. And here the writer of John is connecting this story, the Jesus story, with the very beginning of time. He's saying that Jesus is the Word. And the Word has always been around. In fact, the Word was there from the very beginning, part of creation as up until this Point. And he speaks of light and of darkness. And throughout the whole book, you hear this theme of lightness and darkness. And right about now, you're probably asking, what does this have to do with, Chris with Christmas? <laughs> I mean, of the other books in the Bible, Matthew and Luke, they have this nativity scene. And John does not have a single story about Bethlehem. In John... There's no wise men. In John, there's no shepherds who come and give gifts to Jesus. In fact, in John, there's no Santa Claus. Rudolph is not in the book of John. Frosty the snowman doesn't make it. But John takes the opportunity to talk about light and darkness and what this means for us as Christians. And if you notice, and as we continue reading, I think that the Christmas story begins to emerge from the words of John. Let's take it down to verse 9 in chapter 1. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and through the world was made through him. And though the world was made through him, 
the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the one, the only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. This right here, this talk about light in darkness, this is the Christmas story in the Gospel of John. In fact, Michael Card, he is a famous Christian author. He writes about this very text. He says, this is John's nativity. The light that is Jesus shines into, around, and above the darkness of the stable. The darkness of the world and the deep darkness of our own hearts. But the light is not understood, not by the wise men or the simple shepherds or by you or by me. We cannot comprehend how light and life can be alive in a person. No one can. Like the wise men and the shepherds, we are left to adore and wonder how can this be to pray for the light to come to life in us. You see, for John, the Christmas story, it's a story about light and it's a story about, about darkness. And if you look into the story in Luke and also in Matthew, you can see elements of darkness all around when this baby is born into the earth. I mean, it takes place at night in a stable that's far away from the inn, away from any noise. It comes, the, the, the shepherds are out there in the night looking for the star. It's in the nighttime, and it's also a very dark time in the history of the world. I mean, Herod is there killing babies. It's a time of, of pain. It's a time of unknowingness. And in the darkness, a light was born. His name is Jesus. And in, and in this birth, light came to earth. You know, and even in that story, there's a star that's in the sky that's leading these shepherds to, to, to this beautiful baby. This story of light and darkness, it didn't start in John. In fact, for hundreds of years before this, they had been talking about it. In fact, in Isaiah... 700 years before the birth of Jesus, Isaiah writes about how there is darkness and how the light will one day conquer that darkness. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, it says this, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. In verse 6, it's beautiful. This is 700 years before Jesus. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And in the Gospel of John, he takes with the eye, with the lens of Isaiah there, he tells us all through his writings, hey man, the wait is over, the light has come. 
Darkness will prevail. Dark, darkness will exist, but it will never prevail because there is light on earth. The wait is over. In fact, in John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus himself says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I mean, isn't that beautiful? Can I hear an amen from the, from the light? Is here. It is. Thank you. Thank you, Cheryl. I appreciate that. A little bit of life in the front row here. This is great news that the wait is over. And on Christmas, we celebrate that the light has come. Everything about the Christmas season should point to this light, should point to this hope, should point to this beautiful news from how we act, from what we do. In fact, this Christmas tree... I didn't know if you knew, know this about the Christmas tree, but there is significance in light and darkness, even with the Christmas tree. We on Wednesday nights have been studying church history, and last Wednesday we talked about Martin Luther, who was 500 years ago one of the beginners of the Reformation movement, instigated the, inst- the Reformation movement 500 years ago uh, this year. And as the story goes, Martin Luther was also responsible for lights on the Christmas tree. Because as he was walking home one night in the winter time, there was a time where he was walking through the Black Forest in Germany. And he came across these trees that had snow on them. And with the moon in the sky glistening down, the snow on these trees created a, a sensation, a, a lightness, that it looked like diamonds were on the trees that itself. And so instead of coming home And trying to explain this to his family, what Martin Luther did is he cut that tree down and he brought it into his house and he put it there. And his family was wondering what was happening. This is a a weird thing to do. And then he got some candles and he put these candles and he, he burned some wax on these leaves and he placed these candles all around this tree in his house in Wittenberg, Germany. And when his kids and his wife, just amazed, asked him, hey, what... What is going on here? What is the significance of these lights on this tree? Martin Luther looks at them and says, Those little lights remind us of the great light Jesus is. And the greenery of the branches that are always green, winter and summer, tells us of the life he gives us that never ends. During this Christmas season, As we celebrate the birth of Jesus, we're celebrating the entrance of life on earth. In fact, in the message that Ruth Ann read, it talks about how the word has been made flesh and is dwelling among us. In the message that Ruth Ann read, it actually uses the phrase, he has moved in to our neighborhood. That, that this is what it means, and, and the word in, in the, the theological terms is the incarnation. That's a very big church word to talk about that Jesus is here in our midst, that he is with us, that he has come to spend, and that the light is here, and that, that he came. And it means that God is not distant, he's not far away, that he is in the neighborhood. And here's my question, and this is a question I think that we, need, we can wrestle with in 2018 as a church, is how can we become incarnational? 
How can we live out this incarnation in our neighborhood? What does it look like for us to be the light in Dallas, in Lakewood, in Oak Cliff, in Forest Hills, in wherever we live? What does it look like to be the light that is described in the book of John wherever we are? What does it look like? And, you know, I don't know. This is something that we could wrestle with. Something that as a church body we can find our rhythm in this society, in this neighborhood to be that light. But I do think it means two things. Two quick things. One, I think incarnational, being incarnational means much presence. Much presence. And I, I can see the high school kids looking, paying attention now. It's not the presence as far as, like, presence. It's a, a different type of presence. You, I have a slide, Billy. You can put it on there. It's the presence of being here. P-R-E-N-P-R-E-S-E-N-C. There it is. Much presence. <laughs> I can't spell. That was bad. It's not presence, but it's presence. Being incar- incarnational means being present wherever we are, valuing relationships, being genuine, sincere, available. There's something special about being present in someone's life that lets you know that you love them no matter what. In this Christmas season, as we talk about light and darkness and being incarnational, what does it look like for you to be present in that someone's life? What do we have to lay aside to be fully present? You know, we talk about how our life is telling a story, whether we want to or not. What story are you communicating through your actions? Your kids, your family, your wife, your husband. Are we fully present in those relationships? Are we too busy with our jobs and our work and the the business of Christmas? Or do we pause? Do we lay those aside? And are we fully present in those moments? And I think that's what it means in one sense to be incarnational. The second is no power. So the first, much presence. The second, much, or the second, no power. Humility. Serving with no agenda. And these are things that the church has historically not been known to be very good at. Giving and serving without anything, no strings attached. And doing it in humility. But we gain authority through sacrifice. And when we look at Jesus... When we look at his life, we see this. We see much presence, him spending time with those and also doing it without the desire for power. Finally, the last thing is that when there is light, darkness will never have the final word. I know that here and now there is darkness in our lives. As, as Ron said so eloquently, we all know darkness. We all know hardship and struggle. And I think if we could pass the mic around here today, this morning, we could share stories of pain and of heartache, of difficulty. And I think the Christmas story, and in John, this story about the incarnational light coming to the earth, we're reminded that there is darkness, but that ultimately the darkness will never prevail. Darkness will never win. In fact, in John 1, 5, 
The light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The darkness exists. We live sometimes in periods of deep darkness, of sickness, of cancer, of loss, of struggle, of not having the resource, not having enough money in the bank account or struggling with jobs. We all have experienced that darkness, but we can all take hope today in the fact that there is light that has come to earth and that ultimately the darkness will not win. The wait is over. We are going to spend some time in singing again and in prayer. And if you do need prayers, if you are going through a hard time or if you just want to thank God for for something, there are going to be elders around this auditorium to pray with. But the message is clear today that a baby has been born. And that baby was the Word, and the Word with God, and the Word came to the earth in the flesh. And that Word is Jesus, and Jesus is light. And in that light, we can take hope, and we can be comforted that with that light, darkness will never prevail. The light has come into the neighborhood, and with him comes life, life everlasting. Let's stand and let's sing.